At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, hour number three tonight of our three hour NFL betting preview show. And we're also recapping a little bit of what's happening on Super Wildcard Weekend. We're at the VSIN studio inside the Circus Sportsbook, downtown Las Vegas. Sunday Bet Prep, Matt Humans, Scott Spritzer here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Kellen, NFL handicapping specialist, joins us now, a regular on this show all season. Scott, welcome in tonight, and uh, let's talk a little bit about the Cowboys-Bucks game because uh, uh, it's the game of the week, and we've been talking about it all night tonight. So let's just continue that discussion. You have a lot of you have, you have a lot of plays tied in to this game on Monday night as well, and um, I want to ask you how much did what happened in Week 18 influence uh, the way you handicap? this wild card matchup between the uh, Cowboys and the Bucks because week 18 was a disaster for Dak Prescott and Dallas. Uh, yeah. Hey guys, happy Saturday. It was a disaster. Uh, it didn't really factor in, be, you know, cause a lot of the things I'm going to mention were kind of, you know, on my radar screen, if you will, uh, and kind of setting up that I thought Tampa had a good chance to win this game. Uh, you know, in some ways you could even argue we, maybe we would see a little bit better line here if that disaster went to happen. But, right. You know, with all that said, I mean, they were awful last week. I, I just, you know, it, it's, it, I, and you're just watching that game. You're just kind of wondering like, what the heck is going on? And, and I don't, I, I, you know, maybe some of it was, they just felt like they really didn't have a, a chance to really uh, increase their position because you're asking, you know, some big double digit favorites to lose. 
and maybe just mind wise, they just weren't ready for the game, but uh, they certainly didn't look good. And, and I'm, you know, I grabbed Tampa Bay plus three early in the week. I would even recommend the two and a half, but I, I did also tease them. I've got them uh, teased with the Jags right now. So hopefully that one comes in and, uh, and tease with another game we can talk about as well. But, uh, and I've got the over in the game and I, I'm, I'm probably going to be positioned uh, too much in Tampa in this game, but I would play Tampa Bay over uh, the team total of 21 and a half. I mean, you guys have kind of talked about, and a lot of people have talked about, um, you know, just Dallas on grass on the road. And, and that's all true. And I could, I can throw a bunch of numbers out there, but I think the other part of it is when they played at home this year, since Dak came back, they played Detroit, Chicago, the giants, Indianapolis, Houston, these are, you know, most of those teams are not very good teams. They did play Philadelphia, um, you know, with the backup quarterback and almost lost that game. Probably should have lost the game. Um, and then, you know, when they played on the road, they played good teams. Green Bay, uh, you know, it's not a great team, but a team that can certainly compete. Uh, obviously, Jacksonville, they led those, you know, they led those games. Kind of struggled at Tennessee. Um, so there is a bit of a, you know, kind of a home road dichotomy, I think, with this team. And, um, you know, they can, and of course, they played better teams on the road. Um, and they're going to, you know, they're going to play a decent team that Tampa's probably going to be about as healthy as they've been. And I think the other thing that's kind of getting overlooked here a little bit, the Cowboys have lost a couple guys in their secondary. They weren't great players, but Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown certainly has hurt their depth. And since week 14, they have not had those guys. And since then, they've given up 23 to Houston, 40 to Jacksonville, 34 to Philadelphia, 13 to Joshua Dobbs in Tennessee. 26 last week. There was a pick six in there, of course. Um, so, you know, they're, they're giving up a lot of points defensively. I don't think they're as good. And, um, and you know, Tampa has looked okay at home. Uh, scored 23 against Cincy. Actually moved the ball pretty well in that game for a while until they started turning the ball over. Uh, and, of course, then uh, looked very good against Carolina as well. So they're going to win this game. Uh, I, I'm very confident of that. You know, I hate to be that confident because usually it doesn't go that way. But, you know, the one other thing I'll point out here, you can say, you know, Tampa Bay's under 500. They're not very good. But according to my research, there's only been four teams that have made the playoffs, been a home dog with a 500 or worse record. They're 3-1 and one straight up and 4-0 and oh against the spread. So um, these teams also win, even though they, they might not have had a great year. And I think they're going to win this game. I think they're going to score uh, a fair amount of points. And both these teams are fairly, uh, you know, that I think they're second and sixth in, in terms of pace of play in neutral game situations. And we know Tampa Bay likes to throw uh, up to 73% of the time at home. So I think it, it, it favors the, the over as well. Um, I think Tampa Bay will definitely get into the mid-20s in this game, despite what we've maybe seen, at, uh, you know, bits and pieces throughout the year. Um, and uh, I think Dallas will get their fair share of points as well. But I think the teaser is a great bet. I think Tampa is going to win this game straight up and uh, over and, you know, maybe even over Tampa Bay team total as well. Scott, this uh, Tampa Bay offense has topped 23 points only twice all season. Yeah. (laughs) Scott Spreitzer, we've been sitting here every week talking about when when are the Buccaneers going to have that breakout performance Mm -hmm. offensively? It just hasn't happened. But, Scott, Kellen, did you see some uh, positive signs late in the season or are we making too much of what happened maybe in week 17 and week 18 with the Tampa Bay offense? I think you're starting to see some positive signs. And, you know, if you go back, this team has been just littered with injuries. It's, it's, it's very rare, uh, you know, throughout the course of the season that they've had all the receivers, that they've had their tackles. They might get Ryan Jensen back at center, you know, uh, this game. We'll see. I'm not counting on that at all. 
but obviously that would be huge as well. Uh-huh. You know, this team from last year is not drastically different as, in terms of personnel. Yeah, a little bit, you know, on the offensive line, but they're going to have their two tackles. You know, those guys have missed, I think, four and five games maybe this year. The receivers, you know, Godwin, Evans has missed a little bit. Obviously, Julio Jones. Um, and all those guys are going to be in play. And we, we kind of saw that against Carolina. They, they're going to have to protect Brady. There's no question about that. And then he can get the ball down the field. Uh, so that will be the challenge. But if they can protect, I think that Dallas secondary is very right to be picked apart. Yeah, the, the last two quarters they didn't care about. That was against the Atlanta Falcons last game of the season. The previous six quarters against, what, Carolina and, uh, and, and the first two quarters against Atlanta, they looked good up front, I thought, Scott. I thought the offensive line did their job, and Brady was able to find his receivers, and they developed a really nice common ground, I thought, over those six quarters of play uh, before they took everybody out at halftime against Atlanta. You talked about it being a good teaser play. What about Ravens and Cincinnati? Are you looking to play that as a teaser too? I think you were uh, talking a little bit, at least on notes, that uh, you were thinking about teasing Cincy down to two and a half. And it's kind of where I'm at right now. I think Cincinnati gets the win, but I don't want to have to win by 10 points to cover this number. Yeah, I agree. I am teasing it down. You know, if you go back to 2015, teasing these home favorites at eight and a half, six point teasers, so you're getting down to two and a half. They've covered at a, an extremely high percentage of the time. It's it's been a good, uh, you know, you're obviously you're, you're teasing across the seven and the three, uh, and this has worked out extremely well. So you know we're in that position, the old long teaser, of course, um, and we're going to either get Tyler Huntley or Anthony Brown. I've got about a half point difference between the two quarterbacks, but uh, you know when those guys have started, so basically, uh, obviously, non Lamar Jackson this year. The Ravens are averaging 16 points a game. I just, you know, you don't want to make this too simple, but I think that's going to be tough. Uh, Cincinnati offense has scored 20 or more in eight straight games, 23 or more in six straight home games. Uh, They get the 20 points. I'm not sure the Ravens uh, can win this game or even, you know, cover the the three points basically that we've got to win by. I, I do think this game is going to be a little bit closer than some people may feel, though. You look back last week, Baltimore lost that game. And uh, I think Paul Bowlby had kind of mentioned it as well. Two interceptions on the second and third drives that gave uh, uh, Cincinnati the ball to 32-yard lines. They take those in for uh, a touchdown and a field goal, I believe. And then they recovered a sack fumble in the end zone. They were kind of gifted, but Baltimore outplayed them from the line of scrimmage. 5.1 yards to play to 4 yards to play, 4.1 yards to rush to 2.8 yards to rush. Outpassed them with Anthony Brown. 5.8 yards to pass to 4.6 yards to pass. And there was no Marcus Peters, no J.K. Dobbins, no Kevin Zeidler, the guard, and no Mark Andrews. So uh, Baltimore's got every reason to come in here and think they can compete. I just don't think they can score enough points against Cincinnati uh, to be able to cover the number on a teaser. Scott Kellen, NFL handicapping specialist at Sixth Sense NFL on Twitter. Also, the Bengals going to have trouble running the ball against that Baltimore defense. Sure. Joe Burrow is going to have to make some uh, make some plays. Scott, we uh, Scott Spreitzer and I were talking about the AFC in the big picture. Is there any team that you thought could make a surprise run in that conference when you're looking at Super Bowl futures? Did you think the Chargers, Jaguars, any any of those teams outside the big three had a chance uh, to make a run in the AFC? You know, maybe the Chargers if uh, if Mike Williams was healthy. I mean, I, I personally, regardless of what happens, I think Brandon Staley should just be fired after the season ten when he made that move. I mean. <laughs> That, that potentially can cost them a lot. He is such a huge part. So, right. yeah, I think the Chargers, they, you know, they, the Chargers are the Chargers. We all know that. But they've got the talent playing pretty well here at the end of the year. I, th- I think they've 
would have had a chance with Mike Williams potentially. Yeah, no, we were talking about that too, and we're going to talk a little bit more about Brandon Staley, but the Chargers get out to a 27-0 lead in Jacksonville, and it's down to a 10-point game with the Jaguars driving, and a lot of people who played the Jaguars on teasers, including Scott <laughs> Kellen, uh, hope you can get one more score uh, from Jacksonville in this game. Uh, Scott, appreciate the time tonight, as always, and uh, good luck this weekend, man. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, thanks, guys. Good luck. Look Take care, Scott. Scott Kellen's an NFL handicapping specialist and a uh, Las Vegas contest winner in the past. And again, follow him on Twitter at Sixth Sense NFL. I think Scott Spritzer, we were always talking about this during the break. <clears throat> we were talking about how tough it is. It's almost impossible to fire a coach in the NFL if you win a playoff game. But if you blow a 27 point lead, it's not going to be that hard, right? No, it wouldn't be that hard. Let's say they eke this one out, though. Let's say they win 30 to 27 or uh-huh. something like that. And then next week they get blown out. I mean, I, it would be possible that I think Staley could lose his gig if he almost loses this one after having a 27 point lead and then turns around and does lose it. And they're not close next week mm-hmm. against their next opponent. I think, you know, you got a guy like Sean Payton out there, man, that makes it also more tempting to give Staley his walking papers. I can see it happening. Well, we're going to talk about that a little bit more. Brandon Staley, Sean Payton, and uh, the best and worst. Head coaching jobs that are open in the NFL uh, right now. When we come back, we're also going to uh, preview the Giants and the Vikings. We've got a little bit more on that game to tell you about, too. So stay tuned here uh, to Sunday Bet Prep. Scott Spritzer, Matt Humans, Visa, and the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. 
So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VEASAN, the sports betting network. All right, we're back. Super Wild Card Weekend, and the first day of it has uh, not been a disappointment. We had an uh, exciting first half today in uh, San Francisco. The Seahawks led 17-16 at the half, and they ended up falling to the 49ers 41-23. But, Scott, that was a pretty entertaining game today sure. in San Francisco. And Brock Purdy bounced back after kind of a rough start. To finish with uh, 332 passing yards, three touchdowns. And the key is, for a rookie in the playoffs, don't make mistakes. He did not throw a pick, and he was sacked only one time. By the way, Christian McCaffrey ran 15 times for 119 yards. How about Debo Samuel? Six catches, 133 yards. All the weapons on display today for the 49ers. They put 41 points on the board, and the weather did not impact that game. There was a lot of talk to heavy rain might bog down the uh, offenses and uh, make it uh, tough conditions up there in Santa Clara, actually. That was not the case, where he has 64 points poured on the board. And Geno Smith and the Seahawks got off to a great start, but couldn't really get anything done at all in the second half, and the game turned into a blowout. If you just saw the score, you would think it was a wipeout start to finish, 41-23, but they were deep into the third quarter when Seattle's inside uh, the uh, San Francisco 20-yard line, down seven. Fumble. The sack and the fumble, and that was that. It totally changed uh, the, the fumble course flipped of the, game. the entire game. Yeah, it flipped did. everything. They're about ready yeah. to tie the game up, potentially. At worst, kick a field goal and be down by four, and, and instead that just changed everything. And and then San Francisco did what I thought they would have done earlier in the game, right from the start, hammer the ball right at that team. That's all they had to do, run it right at them. Debo's out there making great catches and great uh, running great routes. And Ayuk had a couple of very nice big plays when the game was still in question and in doubt. And and I thought he made a couple of the real nice plays running some great routes. Uh, but again, Brock Purdy, I, you know, the, the, my favorite thing about Brock Purdy is he doesn't take stupid sacks. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't. And he gets himself into a position with his body when he's running full speed, kind of against the grain, if you will. He's a right-hander, he's running left, and he still manages to turn his body enough to fire that ball out of bounds, deep downfield. You're not going to get a flag for grounding, and you're not going to get the ball picked off. And that is... Such a big deal to me for a young rookie quarterback playing in his first playoff game. I just thought it was 
fantastic that he's able to think that quickly and not make the dumb mistake. And he did it again. He's done it all season since he had to fill in uh, for Garoppolo. First rookie uh, to win a playoff start since Russell Wilson in 2013. Brock Purdy today for the 49ers. Also want to mention that uh, I thought Geno Smith played really well for the most part he today, did. except for the fumble that yep. flipped the game. Uh, that's going to happen occasionally. DK Metcalf is just a monster. Oh, man. Ten catches, 136 <laughs> yards, two TDs. Nobody wanted to t- try to tackle <sighs> that guy either. Uh, <clears throat> I wonder, are we overplaying, by the way, the future of the Seahawks? Because they got all the draft picks, and everything looks pretty bright for the Seahawks. But is Geno Smith the right quarterback? Is this team really in position, you think, next year uh, <clears throat> to be even better and to continue to be a playoff team? Because a lot of people... You know, we talked about this, you know, on our, our final preseason show. The Seahawks, a lot of people thought were the worst team in the NFL yeah. going into the season, and that turned out to be a very bad opinion. And uh, I wonder how much better they can be in 2023. But you also wonder, is Geno Smith the right quarterback? Is that the guy who can get you to the next level? I, I have so much respect for Geno Smith. And before the season began, you know, I was one of those folks who thought Seattle was going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that had to do not just with a defense that looked shaky on paper, but also Geno Smith because he had never really shown us that he was a starting quarterback at the NFL level since he came into the league, what, 10 years ago, nine years ago, whatever it was. He hadn't looked like a good starting quarterback since the first half of his final year at West Virginia. But, man, if you watched his interviews, I think Christina Pink did a great interview with him today that they showed before the game. And his mindset is, I mean, you would want every player that you got on your football team to have like 80% of what Geno Smith's mindset is and attitude and to see the way he kept working at it. I'm not sure if he's the guy next year. They couldn't have asked for things to fall any better than they did through the first eight or nine games of the season. And there was a stretch there in the second half where they started kind of looking like one of those bottom seven or eight teams that we thought they would be before the season began. I think they got a lot of issues on defense to work out. and. Whether Gino, if he, let's say Gino comes back, I think that team's going to have a real tough time winning more than eight games, eight, nine at best. I really do. Uh-huh. You know, you look at the defenders, you look at what they've got to shore up on the def- defensive side of the football, and can Gino play at the level he did for two thirds of this season? You know, just big question marks all over the place with that Seattle football team. Yeah, can he do that again? Can he replicate that right. season he just put together? I'm not so sure, but the Seahawks got a lot of draft picks in their personnel department. They've done a good job drafting. Sure. Uh, so we'll give him a shot. Anyway, I do think Geno Smith has said a lot of uh, the right things this year. Every time you hear him in interviews, you're impressed. Oh, uh, his perspective yeah. on everything's been really good. I'm not that impressed when I hear Brandon Staley talk sometimes. That's the coach of the <laughs> Chargers. sometimes. And, uh, <laughs> and, you know, initially I liked Staley because he was a contrarian, thinks outside the box. Sure. You know, he was an analytical uh, coach who was taking chances that other coaches wouldn't take. Right. And sometimes you want to see that in the NFL. But then uh, he got kind of twisted like a pretzel, and a lot of his decisions just don't make sense anymore. And last week when he played his starters deep into the game in Week 18 in a completely meaningless game at Denver, we don't have to rehash everything because it's been beat like a dead horse this week. But Mike Williams gets injured. He's unavailable for the rest of the season. It's just a, a, a dumb risk to take. Let's hear from Brandon Staley. Here's a clip this week. He was asked, do you regret the way... You coached the Chargers in Week 18 at Denver. I stand behind what we did in that football game. I think, you know, all my players are really important to me. And there were a lot of players that were 
you know, playing in that game that we're in harm's way. That's just the nature of football. And it's very difficult to decide who plays and who doesn't and who's more valuable than the rest. And what you're trying to do is set a standard for your program about how you do things. And um, that's the that's what I believe in. And um, I didn't want anybody to get hurt in that game, regardless of their status, because um, everybody's important. Um, so, um, you know, we're just hoping Mike gets back. But, um, you know, we're going to be ready to play on Saturday. All right, a couple things bothered me with that. First of all, he says, I stand behind the way we did it. Wow. Why, why would you stand behind it? First of all, why did you do that in the first place? And there's nothing, no evidence now that supports that you did the right, right. thing. I mean, all you had to do was say, you know, in retrospect, we probably could have done things a little bit different. You don't want to say we could have changed everything, but I'd like to have maybe changed a few decisions that I made. This is the first, as we're doing the show, this is the first time I've seen that clip. Uh-huh. And if folks could have seen my eyes rolling back in my head <laughs> enough to give me a migraine, I mean, that's basically what I was doing when I heard that. I was chuckling. I was, like, dumbfounded by what he was saying there, which, like, builds on top of the fact that he did what he did in having his starters play into the fourth quarter. I don't value any more of my players than the rest. Anyone, you know, what are you talking about? You know, you've got Mike Williams. You need Mike Williams for the playoffs if you want to advance deep into the playoffs. Justin Herbert needs Mike. You can't have him out there. I don't even care. They were talking, oh, he had hardly any receivers available. So run the ball 65 times and get beat Mm -hmm. 38 to nothing. You had nothing to play for in that football game. It was absolutely ridiculous. And by the way, he made another dumb decision in Saturday night's wildcard game where he's punting from the Jacksonville 38-yard line. Yep. You know, this is a guy who, as you said, and he did, he used to to think, boy, it might be all right. He thinks outside of the box. And then in a wildcard game, he's punting from the other team's 38-yard line. Uh, just weird decisions abound by this guy. And the fact that he says almost, you know, in a nutshell, he was basically saying, I'd do it all over again. Yeah. You know, Sean Payton's out there, Charger Brass. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. He's basically <laughs> saying, I made a dumb mistake, and I would and make it, it again. again. <laughs> I would do it again. Do the same thing. Okay. And to say that all my players are important, no, nah, come on, man. I know. The, there are players that are more important <laughs> than others, and especially guys who have uh, injury histories like Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. And you don't want to get your quarterback. Why would you throw Justin Herbert out there? Play Chase Daniel the entire exactly. game. It just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And right now, Brandon Staley and the Chargers are close to blowing a 27-0 lead in a playoff game as we get inside two minutes in Jacksonville. And uh, Scott, it's, it's going to be the end of his era in L.A., I think. It should be if he loses uh, the game to the Jaguars tonight. So let's uh, take a quick look at the best and the worst open head coaching jobs in the NFL. And uh, the Chargers job might be open soon. (laughs) But the Colts, the Texans, the Broncos, the Panthers, and the Cardinals, those five jobs are open right now. Scott, of those five, let's say the Chargers is not open, what's the best and what's the worst? All right, I'll start with the worst. Indianapolis, fifth best of those five or worst of those five, five, and I can I can give you two reasons, two two words, Jim and Ursay. That's it. I don't want to. I would not want to be part of this guy's organization. I don't like what they did throughout the course of the year. I've got Houston and Arizona tied next. Uh, bad on both sides of the line of, line of scrimmage for Houston. They can't run. They can't throw. They can't cover the run. I do like Davis Mills for the most part. I think there's an upside to Davis Mills. A positive. In a division with Tennessee, Jacksonville, and in Indianapolis, you don't have to do a whole lot other than Jacksonville being an upstart. Uh, Arizona, negative at quarterback, might be splintering the locker room. I don't want to be the head coach there. No pass defense, no ground game on offense. Number two, Carolina, 
but no quarterback in a weak pass defense. Mm-hmm. So-so quarterback. Denver, to me, is the best job out there. And I could go into it here, but we're running out of time. But the Denver we'll Broncos, I think, it. is the best job. We'll talk about it after the break. Yeah. But uh, anyway, there's my top five. Is it a good enough job to attract Jim Harbaugh? You know, because the Broncos do have uh, they have a salary cap and draft sure. pick mess they have to deal with as well. We'll talk about that in a little bit more uh, on the Giants and Vikings game when we come back. This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on Veasan, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge on football's big game, the VSIN experts have got you covered. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of only $9.99. You get a daily recap of the top plays made by show host and guest. Deep dive betting reports, betting guides for the biggest games of the season, and a lot more. This is a limited time offer. Visit VSIN.com slash subscribe today to sign up for only $9.99. Become part of the sports betting network. $9.99, VSIN.com, slash subscribe. And we have a final <laughs> in Jacksonville. Can you believe it, Scott? The Chargers up 27-0 with a minute to go in the second quarter. Lose tonight 31-30 in Jacksonville. What a comeback by the Jaguars. Incredible game. And uh, the sports book behind us comes to life tonight with the uh, Jaguars comeback. <laughs> To beat the Chargers in the AFC wildcard game, 31-30. Jaguars outscore the Chargers 24-3 in the second half. And that's got to be the end of the Brandon Staley era in L.A. I think it's got to be the end, Scott. Everything I said about the head coaching, best jobs and worst uh-huh. jobs, forget about it. It's the Chargers. The best job the best is the job. Chargers job. Go right? get it, Sean Payton. Go get that job. Now, I feel sorry for Her- Herbert. I feel sorry for Mike Williams, who didn't even get a chance to play in this game. Uh, I don't feel sorry for Bosa. And if he didn't make that stupid play where he's slamming his helmet on the sideline, about three steps away from being on the sideline where he would have got away with it, he, he throws a temper tantrum and he gets a, a penalty called against him, 15-yarder, uh, which ends up the reason why Jacksonville ends up going for two, not a 15-yarder, but uh, half the distance to the goal on the extra to, point. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so they go for two instead of kicking an extra point, and that's the difference in the game. Uh, Staley, it's been nice knowing you. Uh, Ken in over at uh, the Naval Academy. Did he get? Did he get a chance to like even walk in his his door uh, after they lost and was able to like step into his living room before he got canned? Did he get canned before they even got on the on the plane to return home? I mean, this is one of those where you just say, you know what, Staley, stay on the East Coast. You're not coming home with the team. I think it's like when uh, Lane Kiffin didn't they meet him on out the tarmac? On the, on the tarmac. Yes, so, yeah, yes. you're not flying home with the rest of us. Uh, your history. Wow. How about this? Well, Trevor Lawrence tonight, four touchdowns, four interceptions. <laughs> four interceptions. Uh, but he's the winning quarterback, and the uh, Jaguars pulled out 31-30. So we're talking about, before the break, the best and worst open head coaching jobs in the NFL. And uh, the Jaguars converted a fourth and one. They get in the field goal range. They win the game 31-30. Now the best open coaching job in the NFL should be the Chargers job. Yeah. You cannot blow a 27-0 lead in the playoffs with all the mistakes you've made previously and hold on to your job, especially when you have a guy like Sean Payton who's out there. You've got a quarterback, Justin Herbert, who's ready to win a Super Bowl. You would think he's that type of quarterback. You've got a chance now, Scott, to take to get to the next level as a franchise. The Chargers have always come up short. they got to do the right thing here. Absolutely. Sean Payton's got to be their next coach. He should be hired tonight. I mean, it's as simple as that. Staley's got it. 
Uh, you know, Jim Irsay will probably call Stanley tomorrow and offer him a job in Indianapolis. <laughs> it's about how bad he is. But you're right. I mean, I was going to say, if the Chargers hung on here, that I thought the Denver Broncos was the best job out there of the, of the five that we've talked about. And, you know, it's the second best job now. But when I look at the Broncos, Matt, it's defense top 10 in total yards allowed per game with no help from its offense this year, yet maintain those numbers. Nine losses by a single possession mm-hmm. by Denver this year. Three and five straight up against playoff teams, and all five losses came by one score, including both losses to Kansas City. Uh, they were basically 14 points away from 8-0 against the eight playoff teams they faced. Uh, Wilson was better of late when it didn't matter anymore, uh, but when they get rid of their coach, all of a sudden, you know, he hits a decent amount of his passes, 8.15 yards per pass. The only drawback for me on Denver is maybe the quarterback situation if you're a head coach, but also you're in a division with the Chiefs and with the Chargers who will now have a head coach that belongs in the NFL after what happened on Saturday night. So, But by far, the Chargers are the best landing spot for a good head coach, and that would be Sean Payton if he wants the job. All right, so of those uh, open head coaching jobs we talked about, Colts, Texans, Broncos, Panthers, uh, Cardinals, you think that Broncos job is very attractive, even though Russell Wilson had a bad year? Do you think a quarterback or a coach like Jim Harbaugh could still turn him around as a quarterback and he's got a couple good years left? Is that the type of thing where Harbaugh would say, hey, I can handle this, I can rejuvenate Russell Wilson, we can make something good happen here? I, I think he could you know, better than this year because the defense is that good. Uh-huh. And with the defense playing the way it does and the way it has this entire season, Russell Wilson doesn't need to make leaps and bounds improvements. You know, he had a bad year. There's no doubt about it. But he didn't understand this offense. That's partially on him from, you know, the very first time he stepped on the field with this football team. The coaching was terrible. You know, we talked about this before. You you got a new quarterback in a system he's never played before, and you don't even give him one single snap in preseason. I think Harbaugh could probably make him at least a little more effective to where he's not going to hurt this team as much as he did throughout the course of most of the season. And again, we saw Russell Wilson play a better brand of football when his coach got fired the last couple of weeks. And so, I don't know. You know, again, that's the drawback. What makes it a clear-cut number one choice is the quarterback situation and the division they play in. Because the Chargers are going to be very good next year, and obviously Kansas City will too. (laughs) Chargers are on the next season. (laughs) It's crazy? After a 27-0 lead, uh, I used to call them the San Diego Chokers uh, back in the day <laughs> because they will always come up short in the playoffs. Move to L.A., they're still the Chokers. Uh, that, that's ridiculous to blow a lead like that. And, uh, I mean, it, it makes Josh McDaniels and the Raiders look good for just blowing 17-point leads there you go. this year. 14 and 17-point <laughs> leads. Hey, that's nothing compared to what the Chargers just did. Uh, this is one of my favorite uh, tweets of the week. This is from Peter Schrager of uh, Fox Sports, who's also on Good Morning Football on NFL Network. He said multiple teams have contacted Cliff Kingsbury oh, for their vac- vacant offensive coordinator job. Just fired as coach of the Cardinals. This is the best part. Clint Kingsbury just bought a one-way ticket to Thailand <laughs> and has told teams respectfully that he's not interested at the moment. I, I got more respect for him now. Yeah. The one-way ticket to Thailand. I, know. I, I figured like, you would enjoy All of a sudden, like I'm too. like, hey, all right, I like Kingsbury. <laughs> you know, he might not be an NFL-ready head coach. That's but, a smart uh, decision right there. Take a, a vacation move. to Thailand, right? All that money that yeah. he's got in his back pocket as he lands in Bangkok or whatever he's going to land in <laughs> Thailand. I mean, my gosh. Um, okay, newfound respect, you know, for Kingsbury. 
Uh, I don't think I would hire this guy for at least a season. Let him have his time off. Let him go relax uh-huh. over in Thailand and uh, and then see his desire for coming back to the NFL. But uh, I don't know, man. That was a weird situation in Arizona because it never felt like he and Murray really got along after maybe the first half of the first season, season that he was coaching there. And, Murray and Kingsbury really picked Kyler Murray. That he was did. his guy. Yeah, yeah. He wanted him to be the quarterback, and uh, that was the whole dynamic uh, that made the Cardinals successful. But then I also think Kyler Murray was kind of a he kind of he gives off that impression he's a spoiled brat. Yeah, a bit of a head work, case. Doesn't, doesn't work very hard, right? I think he splits the locker room. You know, one of those kind of guys, and that's why when you're talking about jobs that are attractive, I'm not sure that Cardinals' job's very attractive. Yeah. I only place them above Indy. You know, again, Jim Irsay. I mean, I just can't get over the things that Irsay did throughout the course of this season with this football team, even before bringing Jeff Saturday to the sideline, who had never coached at any level before. I thought what he did with the quarterback situation, Matt Ryan never got a chance mm-hmm. really to do anything, and he really didn't have anything around him to do it with. So, listen, you know, we had, I had two teams that I was off on this year before the season began. Seattle, I thought, was one of the bottom five teams in the league, and I thought the Colts were probably one of the top six or seven. We got those wrong, you know, and, and sometimes that happens. But uh, overall, we did okay, though, with Philadelphia since, yeah, we, since day one. We nailed that one. As, as a show, that's the one we nailed right here. We both had the Eagles uh, this year. I, I got the Colts wrong, too. I bet the Colts to win the AFC South. Right. I also uh, bet the Cowboys under the win total. And I thought that was play was looking really good out of week one when Dak <laughs> Prescott goes down with an injury and the Cowboys look so bad in that 19-3 to loss to the Buccaneers. Uh, but the Cowboys found a way to finish 12-5, and five and they went over their win total. Um, one win total I did win, Scott, was the Bears under. Bears under uh, was real Bears nice. One, yep. Lost, what, 10 in a row to yep. uh, finish the season. But uh, talking about open head coaching jobs, the Texans fire Levy Smith after he wins in Week 18. <laughs> Dramatic victory over the Colts. And uh, that gives the Bears the number one pick in the draft and drops the Texans to number two. Uh Lovey Smith, I think, I want to talk about this briefly. I think he knew he was going to be fired yeah. going into week 18. Do you think that's why he went for two, to win the game and just stick it to the stick it to management? I wouldn't blame him if he did, man. <laughs> it's like, I know you're out there, you're supposed to like coach to win or play to win every single game, even when they don't matter, even when you possibly have a number one pick on the line. But uh, I, think, I think Lovey knew he was gone no matter what happened. I think that probably had something to do with that decision to go for it there. And... Uh, you know, more power to him. I mean, one of the best coaching jobs he ever did for the Bears was going for two with Houston at the end of the season yeah. and giving Chicago that number one pick. <laughs> that was a tough beat if you had the Colts last week, Oof. minus two and a half, the way the <laughs> Texans won that game. I thought it was also a, a tough beat if you laid three with the Broncos because the Chargers had no business playing their starters in that right. game. That should have been a blowout in favor of the Broncos. Brandon Staley pays for it tonight. The Chargers go down on the road. 31-30 blow, a 27-point lead, and the Jaguars advance in the AFC. We come back, we'll talk more Giants-Vikings and my best bets to close the show.
at Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VEASAN, the sports betting network. New year, same old chargers. <laughs> with the start of the new year, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a football, hockey, or hoops better, Bet Rivers has you covered. You can join every week for new promotions like Tuesday Hockey, First Goal Insurance, Sunday Football Parlay Insurance. It's a whole new game. Bet Rivers Sportsbook, Bet Rivers. 
Scott Spritzer, Matt Humans here to wrap up the show tonight. Let's talk uh, Giants-Vikings, a rematch of a game the Vikings won by three, went right down to the wire, and uh, we could have a similar scenario here in the uh, wild card round in Minneapolis. Let's hear, let's uh, first hear, we're going to hear from uh, both coaches. First of all, we're going to hear from Brian Baldinger of the NFL Network, one of my favorite analysts, and he's talking about uh, the confidence the Giants might have gained in their previous meeting with the Vikings, even though the Giants fell short. They earned a, they earned a spot to get here, and they played the Vikings. They know when they left that building they could have won that game. I feel like they feel confident, okay, yeah. going into Minnesota and all the skull chants and fighting everything. But I also believe that that game gave that team a great deal of belief that they can go back there if they did and win. And I think that that's how they're getting on that plane mm-hmm. on Friday or Saturday, whenever they go, to do that. And I just think you'll see a passing game that is legit from the Giants right now. And the Vikings had a difficult time. You talk about Daniel it. Jones. You know that, right? Yeah, Daniel Jones. I'm just I, – I, maybe you forgot who the quarterback was for him. I don't know. Here's, you know, I'm just saying. Here's he, what looks like he's know. got some reliable targets to me right now. All right, that's Brian Baldinger of the NFL Network, and uh, I do believe the Giants should should have gained confidence from that. And also, Brian Dable's so, done such a good job this season getting this offense prepared, and he basically had two weeks to prep for this game, Scott, because he was smart. He rested his yeah. two guys in Week 18, <laughs> and uh, I, I believe in Dable going into the spot. And, you know, we're going to talk about my best bets. I have not bet it yet, but I think I am going to play the Giants uh, plus three before this one kicks off. And, uh, let's hear from Brian Dable, who uh, should be the NFL Coach of the Year for the job he done. He has done getting the Giants to the playoffs. Well, I think everybody just has a job to do. It's the same as week one as it is week five. As it is the end of the year. Um, obviously, you know the stakes are a little different. If you lose a game, you go home. So, again, every year is different. Every year that I've been privileged to be part of the playoffs. Um, has been different, uh, a lot of different circumstances, different games, how many you played. Uh, and what I've learned, Paul, is none of that really matters. <laughs> what matters is how you go and, and play the game um, on Sunday. All right, that's Brian Dable talking about playoff experience, which sometimes can be a little bit overrated, but uh, it's all about how the Giants execute against the uh, Vikings. And I, I think the Giants are going to be able to move the ball. I'm just not sure they're going to put up a lot of points in this game, Scott. That's um, – that's kind of what we saw the first time sure. before there was a lot of scoring late in that game. Like you said, it, it was a dead under. It looked like a dead under at one point, right? As late as three minutes to go in the game. Yeah. I mean, that 33 points with a total that Most was where it is game, now, yeah. 48, 48 and a half. And uh, through three quarters, they had 23 combined points. I think that's going to be the situation for the Giants again where they might gain some yardage. But the thing is, it was so, you know, it was only three weeks ago. And I keep thinking that some of the stuff they did, the dump-offs, the screens for Danny Jones, uh, Danny Dimes, it, it's, it's going to be a situation where the Vikings are better prepared to defend that. I'm not saying they're going to win this football game. I think the Giants are going to win. I just can't get myself to take that three. Again, dropping from a point and a half where the line was three weeks ago in the same venue. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as the Vikings are concerned, you know, again, the defense is better against the run than the pass. We all know that. And uh, I think what they'll do is, though, is they'll try to cheat a little bit against the pass and, and uh, try to make this team have to run the football. And if they can slow the little dump-offs, the dinks and dunks and the screens and all that, uh, then they've got a shot to win this game. I do think it's going to stay under. That's the bet I made. Um, it's the second-best play for me of the weekend following what happened on Saturday night, having that over in the, uh, in the Chargers-Jags game. Uh, 
I, I look at this team and I keep thinking, boy, they're going to want to pass the football. They're going to see that Minnesota can be had by the pass. It might take them out of what they want to do. Uh, Dable's a good enough coach to where maybe that trend that I mentioned earlier doesn't carry on because mm-hmm. most of those numbers were built before he got there. When they're a dog, they go under, and they combine for 40 points with the teams that they're playing that are favored against them, and a lot of that has to do with their style of play when they're a dog. They want to run the football and control uh, the time of possession, which is smart to keep Minnesota off the field. Uh, again, I, I just I, it's an under for me. I thought 48, 48 and a half was probably about two and a half to three points uh, too high. And it's funny because the course of the regular season, we've talked about it before, I don't play a lot of totals in the NFL or in college football, but we get to meaningful bowl games in college or, in this case, playoff games, and all of a sudden the rate of totals two sides drastically changes for me. Uh-huh. And that's what it's done this weekend with these two totals. And both games on Saturday flew over the totals. Uh, we might have a couple lower-scoring games on uh, Saturday. I have more, a lot more belief in Brian Dable than I do in Kevin O'Connell sure. heading into this matchup. You know, we saw Brandon Staley, and it was not all on Staley in the Chargers collapse tonight. You had a missed field goal. You had a P.I. on a third and long. You had a, a dumb penalty by Joey Bosa. There's a lot of mistakes that went into it. But uh, Brandon Staley made his mistakes, too. The one thing I, I like about Brian Dable, I watch all these Giants games this year. I never really second-guessed the way he manages games. Right. He's done a really good job with his uh, game and clock management, his play calling. And uh, I like Dable better than Kevin O'Connell, but the Vikings have uh, had that magic touch. They find a way to win, win games this season when a lot of people bet against them. The Giants are the best NFL, NFL's best team against the spread uh, this season, but catching plus three here. Let's hear from Kevin O'Connell and what the Vikings need to do better than they did against the Giants the first time around. There were some missed tackles in there. Um, you know, I thought they made, uh, you know, every time we had a chance to kind of get momentum and keep it, they were able to put a drive together for points. Uh, a defense turned the ball over a couple times with some timely interceptions, but you'd like to limit some of those explosive plays, those first and second down explosive plays that, that tend to sometimes stack um, together a little bit and give offenses momentum. Uh, we want to get people to third down and, and see if we can activate a rush and, and tie the coverage into it, whether we're sending pressure or not. It's a matter of wanting to get to those downs, and, and I thought we could have done a better job the last time we played them of doing that. But it's with how they run the ball and, and, and Daniel being a factor in the run game, uh, they can be a real challenge uh, to defend, and they do a great job with the scheme, You know, Mike calling it, and, and obviously uh, Dave's running the whole show. So it's going to be a challenge for our defense. They've got to show up, and the expectation is they'll play well. All right, that's Kevin O'Connell, Vikings coach. All right, let's get to uh, my best bets for the weekend. We've talked about all these throughout the show tonight. To save the best for last, that's Monday night. I took uh, The first play I talked about this week on VSIN was uh, taking three with the Buccaneers against the uh, Cowboys. And uh, I thought eventually that number might drop to two and a half. There's been a lot more sharp support than I even thought there would be for the Buccaneers this week. But I do have the Bucks plus three. I've also got the Bucks. On a teaser, Bucks plus eight and a half with the Bengals minus two and a half. I definitely don't feel comfortable laying all those points with the Bengals, sure. but I'll lay two and a half there on a teaser. And uh, another teaser, Scott, there was no sweat tonight with the Jaguars coming in on the first leg with uh, Jaguars <laughs> plus eight and a half. Not at all. And, I mean, got them right where you wanted them. <laughs> Jaguars plus eight and a half, and the other half of that should say Bengals minus two and a half. Right. Uh, so it's... Uh, Jaguars plus eight and a half, Bengals minus two and a half, and then the Bengals on another teaser. So I hope they come through and at least win that game 
uh, tomorrow. So Buccaneers, my bigger play, though, on uh, Monday night. Once again, uh, Scott, your best bets? Yeah, Giants-Vikings uh, under 48.5 was my best, and then my second play after that. A little bit lower than that would be the Buccaneers on Monday night, plus the points. But I think I'm going to add that. You've, you've kind of talked me into it over the course of the last three hours where I do like Cincy tease down to 2.5 to the Buccaneers up to 8.5. I'm going to play that teaser also, which would be, if you added an order of top to bottom confidence of plays, it would be under the Vikings game number one. It would be Tampa Bay plus the points two, and then that teaser would be third. I'm 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 really kind of nervous about, and I'm a Cincy fan. I like Joe Burrow. I like his style, everything about him. I've been a Zach Taylor fan since he was quarterbacking in college. Yeah. You know where, mm-hmm. but uh, but I I do that. That's to me is the scariest part about this is that something fluky could happen with that Ravens offense to where they maybe score a touchdown that they shouldn't. That's the, and I'm not saying that I, I'm going to hold off on teasing down Cincinnati because I think that might happen, but the Ravens have a good enough defense and they know how to defend Burrow. So you could see maybe a pick or a pick six, making a difference in that game. And again, I'm reaching here, but that would be the only, the only thing that comes into play as far as being the scariest bet of the bunch would be since he's half of that teaser to me. I agree with you. And, uh, I think that's going to be a tight game. We're going to have to sweat that one out, but, uh, Hopefully Cincinnati advances. Pro tip to finish the show tonight, uh, know when to jump in on live wagering. Scott and I sat here <laughs> tonight when the Chargers went up 27-0 and said, let's take the points with the Jaguars right now. Scott, the best oh. number out there was, what, 22 and a half? 23 and 23 a half and at, and at half. Westgate. But I'll give you the credit because you're the one that said that at the break. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that was easy, easy. That's your easiest win of the season. That you, a, did, that you didn't play. If, if there's, I, did you, anyway, it's a long story. But we could, the, the, if you ever bet on a phone app, it goes round and round and round. Sometimes you can't get the bet in. We couldn't get the bet nope. in from the studio. Anyway, it <laughs> uh, would have been a winner. Good luck this weekend. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.